0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for what you've been doing in our lives. We're eternally grateful for your goodness, salvation, freedom, wholeness, purpose, identity, healing. Lord, all those things Lord, what a, what a wonderful thing it is to, to walk in your ways, to have relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of this universe. We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 If you haven't been with us, we are going through the book of Galatians. And here at Mosaic Church, we try at best to let the text determine the topic, and uh, sometimes the text is not going to cover all topics, and sometimes we have to go off, uh, meaning that sometimes we'll talk about a topic, Um, and so for example, I would love to talk to you about, uh, uh, it'll be soon, sometime in November, I believe, I'd like to talk to you about what does it mean to be in a healthy uh, spiritual environment, um, and so I believe if we can share what it means to be in a healthy spiritual environment, that you would be aware when maybe you're not in a healthy spiritual environment. And sadly, in the ministry, uh, we shouldn't be surprised, but we, are, we have a lot of leaders. Not a lot. We have leaders that are, are broken, and sometimes they lead in broken ways. I just heard of another uh, scenario, another situation of a big mini, mega ministry where the pastor is being uh, accused of of sexual crime. And so it's just not coming out, but apparently it's been something that has been tried to be dealt with. And so um, we are pastors. We're we're not immune. We're not perfect. We're not uh, complete without Christ. We need Jesus every day. I need Jesus every day. And so uh, I want to talk to you about what it means to be in a healthy uh, spiritual environment. So that... One day, uh, and you can examine if you're in this a healthy spiritual environment now at Mosaic Church, but if you're ever to leave, that you would know what things you should be looking for uh, in your spiritual journey and in, in, in the leadership of that organization and so on. So we'll talk about that soon because it's, I don't know, maybe you're not seeing it, but it seems like I've been more aware of, of, of some failures going on, and I feel for the, the people that are involved Feel, a feel for the people who are victims and the, the people in that church that were under that kind of leadership and didn't know it. Galatians, how did we get here? Well, we started reading that in Galatians 1, and one of the things that we saw right away in the first part of uh, the book of Galatians, in the first chapter, is that we know that there was a personal crisis and uh, Paul was trying to deal with the church because the church was getting off track. They were no longer in sync with the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, on, on, the, on the front end or the, the plain reading of it, we think it's about uh, circumcision, but it's really a little bit more than that. It's, it's like we need to make sure that the Word of God is our judge and what we know is right and wrong. And so what happens is we found that uh, in the beginning, that one of the things that the church was dealing with was a people pleaser. They were trying to please these false teachers, and they were being led astray when it came to uh, salvation. And Paul is trying to correct that. He's, and he's being tough, but sometimes you have to be tough. I'm going to talk in a second about being tough I'll, in my sermon a little bit later, but I, I ran into Mickey Andrews the other day. I saw him at the women's soccer game uh, during halftime intermission, and I can imagine, uh, you know, I saw him from a distance, and I remember seeing him on TV back in the 90s. Uh, he was one tough guy. If anybody remember those visuals of the TV camera, and he was just uh, chewing people out. But he was trying to get his team or the player to do the best that they can. And the Apostle Paul, in, in a lot of ways, is doing the same thing. And so uh, he's challenging them that they have been people pleasers. And then later on, we said that, listen, the best argument you have in your journey with Jesus in, in sharing the gospel of those around you is that your autobiography is your best argument. How you're living your life. How you're living your life is the best argument for the gospel. Paul says in 11, I want to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not from human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it from a revelation from Jesus. And he goes on, and it sounds, it could sound like he's being arrogant, but he's not. He's trying to let, you know, he's being risky and saying, listen, I want you to look at my life. You know, other passages follow me as I follow Christ. That's risky to say to some of us. Whether you are risking it at home or not, they are following you. Our kids are watching us. They're watching you, and they're looking to see how uh, we should live our, our life in Jesus. And then we came to, what I would say, part four, and I asked you, do you know what grace looks like? It says, and here it says, for, uh, in, verse, uh, in verse 8 of chapter 2, he says, for he who was at work for Peter and his apostleship to the circumcised was at work in me also to the Gentiles and recognizing the grace that had been given to me. And so I asked us a few weeks ago, do you know what grace looks like? If it ain't God, don't answer it. I love saying that quote. <laughs> that's a... That's a Cuba Gooden Jr. movie. Um, and so if, what does grace look like? What is, uh, what is, Paul says, listen, they recognized the grace that the Lord had been given to me. And so we asked, what does grace look like? What does it look like? So how can we determine if if grace is something that's recognizable in our life? And we talked about one thing is that Paul brought Titus along, and meaning that Paul, grace is not just uh, trying to receive God's uh, blessing in your own life, but you're bringing others along. Who are you bringing with you? And Paul brought Titus along, and that too is risky, right? Uh, A few long, 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 long time ago, uh, Lavella was in between apartments, and she was a college student, and she lived with us. I don't know how long. How long was it? A month, yeah, that's risky, right? That I'm asking you to come into our lives, and I haven't talked to you about it, but hopefully, we did not uh, dissuade you from following Jesus. Uh, But it is a risk when you invite people to come into your life and live life with you daily. It's one of our challenges, one of the blessings of being part of a community of churches, is that it's it's risky. People know, people will know, especially if you're here. On a regular basis, if you, let's say you missed a few weeks of church, people are going to notice that. And so, uh, and they're going to call you say, hey, how are you doing? We miss you, text you. Or maybe when you come back, they'll say, hey, we miss you, we haven't seen you. Uh, Those are good things. That's accountability. But it's also risky. That means you're kind of inviting people into your life. It would be easier, I think, to just, uh, no one know you. But I don't think that's a healthy situation to be in. So Paul took Titus along. And the second thing we look for uh, as a, what grace looks like is a person's life, is their sacrificial obedience towards God and others. And so uh, that was something that we could see in Paul's life. Later on, we talked about the challenge that the church was, and Peter was involved in this, is hypocrisy. And, we, and I shared with you, hypocrisy is just wearing a mask. Just wearing a mask, it just puts on a mask. It's like you're playing a part. And one of the things I was challenged with my own life, looking back in my own life, when I was younger, I assumed I was wearing, I was a believer wearing the mask of a uh, of an unbeliever. But as I really dive into looking in my life, was it really the? Maybe it was the opposite. I was really an unbeliever, and at times putting the mask of a believer. And Peter is being uh, rebuked, the church is being rebuked, and it talked about hip- um, being a hypocrite is putting on a mask. And I pray that, uh, that you are all believers, and there might be times where you're struggling because you might do something, you, you might lose control of something, uh, that that's uh, the mask you're putting on, that you truly are a believer and not the other way around. And Paul, through the book of Galatians, is convicting and challenging us that we would uh, do away with that. And then we talked about keeping your eyes on Christ because uh, Eric just talked about it. All of us are going to go through challenges and, and the church is being challenged and it's easy to fall away when you're challenged. Uh, we're going to look at a lady's life at the end and how she was challenged. And she kept uh, looking straight ahead at the, at the Lord. She, uh, I talked about a few weeks ago about spreading your arms as a symbol of embracing and needing Jesus. And, and staying on that balance beam of life. And we're going to see that in a second in her life. And so uh, we're coming up to where we were last week. That s- seems right doesn't mean it is right. There's so many things that we do might seem right and maybe isn't right. One of the things that um, sometimes as parents, and if you're my age as a parent, you may look back and you're like, you know, did we do everything right? And uh, I know that, at least for me and my wife, uh, we didn't do everything right. <laughs> I'm waiting for an amen from my kids here. So, <laughs> uh, we didn't do everything, and, and we were trying to do our best and attempting to do our best. Uh, and sometimes we might have done things that seemed right, but maybe it wasn't just perfectly right. And, and, The Lord will have to uh, judge us on that. But just because it seems right doesn't make it is right. And then we talked about uh, 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 King David bringing the Ark of the Covenant on a cart because it seemed right. It seemed logical. It was practical and made sense. So let's and it it wasn't. It wasn't. It was against God's uh, rule and and written rule. And they should have known better. And so uh, that arc in a lot of ways, you know, because we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So how we lead our lives, you know, you're thinking, well, I'll just watch this because it seems right. But, you know, you have to ask the Holy Spirit because what seems right may not be right. You know, or maybe uh, a lifestyle that you you're involved in because it seems right. But we have to ask the Lord and go through his word. Is it right? And so. Uh, there, that was a big challenge. And so here we are today. Um, I don't see Becky. She's downstairs, isn't she? Yes, yeah, so Becky's downstairs. So I'm going to mention Becky. The other day I was talking to Becky uh, Danner, and so Kim's mom. And you may not know this, uh, but we have something in common, and also with Ski, but more so with Becky, that we both grew up in Sarasota. Did you guys know that? It's a beautiful city. You can't afford to live there, but it's beautiful. And we went to the same high school, Sarasota High. And now, Ski can't answer. Anybody know what the Sarasota High mascot is? (laughs) That's right. Tiffany knows that. Sailors. We were the sailors. Don't ask me why. But we were the Sarasota sailors. Um, So we were reminiscing last Wednesday about our hometown, and I, we talked about this road, the County Line Road. I was talking to Ski about it. And when we talked about County Line Road, it just triggered a memory that I had. And I started, I, I did something foolish. Now, I'm, probably none of you have ever done anything foolish, but I used to do foolish things. And I was racing my car on Tuttle Avenue, and, and I was racing this kid that was in this Volkswagen Bug, and I could easily pass him, but he wouldn't let me pass him. And uh, we're going 80 miles an hour, something like that, which is foolish. That's why we keep the kids downstairs. They don't, I don't want them to hear my stories. And uh, County Line Road, University Parkway, was a dirt road. And my friend, who I'm trying to pass, stopped at the, even though there weren't that many cars on County Line Road because it was a dirt, bumpy road, uh, he stopped to look for traffic, and I thought, this is my moment. So I floored it, and I hit that dirt road, and I went airborne, and I lost control of my car. And uh, I forgot to tell you, I had people in my car. <laughs> I went, I don't know how much airborne I went, but I remember just losing control And then, next you know, by God's grace, by God's grace, on Tuttle Avenue and now University Parkway, I slammed into a ditch. And it was like the angels of God just kind of comforted me into, it must have been, it had been raining and the ditch was filled with like two feet of mud. And I just kind of sunk into the mud. Immediately I go outside of the car, I had to crawl through my window because I couldn't open the door, and my friend Jamie Shea, a big guy, he crawled out the windows, and we high-fied and chest-bumped each other. And then I forgot about the (laughs) the young girl, Dana Troyer, in the back, crying her eyes out. And because she saw her life flash before her eyes. And I got mad at her because I said to her, why do you see the glass half empty? It is half full. We survived. So <laughs> I'm telling you, as uh, soon as I shared that story with Becky, she said, and I'm not trying to uh, <laughs> drag her brother into it, because she, she was talking about how some, her, her brother did some foolish things. Like, you guys would have gotten along really well. And um, anybody else foolish when you were young? Amen. amen. Thank you. Yes. Uh, here's another foolish guy. There's a guy in, trying to drive a, a tractor through a bridge. I've seen that too many times. Anybody else seen that? I've seen it. Yeah. Let's read Galatians chapter 3. This is foolish what he just did. This is foolish what I did. Paul is going to tell the church that they are foolish. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, Or by believing in what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit? Are you now trying to finish by the means of the flesh? Have you experienced or suffered? Some of your versions might say suffered. Some versions say experienced, but it's really the same word. Have you suffered so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by, the, by your believing in what you heard? This is an in-your-face kind of letter to the church. In-your-face kind of encounter, and I think I have a picture of Nick Saban encounter yelling at one of his players Uh, This is recent, and it's a wonderful reaction that player had afterwards. Let's go back to the first slide. Somehow, someone convinced the Galatian church that in order to be really saved, you have to be circumcised. And the church was buying into this false teaching. Paul was so distraught, over his wayward flock, that they were out of sync with the Holy Spirit and off track. Just like a train is off track or off on the wrong track. When you have a train that's in a wrong track, it's usually down the road, there's some sort of doom. And Paul is calling the church foolish for being on the wrong track, off track, out of sync with the Holy Spirit. And Paul is challenging the church. He's saying you need to be led by the Spirit, not by the works of the law. In verse 1, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And Paul is trying to get them to refocus their attention on the most important thing. That living a Christian life, a Spirit-filled life, comes through Christ, through the life of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And this is the avenue which the Holy Spirit uses and travels on because living in the Spirit never does an end around of the cross. You can't do an end around of salvation without Jesus and faith in Jesus and him alone can't do an end around and just say, well, I'll just get circumcised. It doesn't work. And Paul is trying to tell the church, listen, you're off track. You're out of sync with the Holy Spirit. And if you're off track, I would challenge us as a church. I would challenge you as a person. Come back to the cross. If you're off track, it's not coming back to church will get you on track. Although if you came to Mosaic Church, we're going to talk to you about Jesus. But do you know what I'm saying? If people are off track, just coming to church is not going to get you on track. But it comes through Jesus Christ. Come back to the cross. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent of your sins. And just like that Mario Kart movie, when you, uh, game when you're off track and you get off and you ask Jesus to forgive you and you repent, And what happens, you know, that thing just comes back and puts you back on track. And that's the beauty of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Confess your sins once another. But basically, we're confessing to Jesus to forgive us, and it only comes through Jesus. I will say on a side note, it's something that we don't practice very often, uh, the 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 confessing of your sins one to another. When's the last time you did this? Look what it says in in verse two of Galatians chapter three. I would like you to learn just one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or believing on what you heard? So again in verse five. So again, does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or? by you believing what you heard. Paul is making a point here in verse 2 and 5. Do you find salvation through circumcisions? And circumcision can also be by your own works. And even the church, the Galatians, know that this is not how you find salvation. We find salvation through Jesus Christ. And one of our challenges here in America, and hopefully not here in this church, but could be that you could be a cultural Christian, meaning you live the culture of a Christian and never bow your knee, give your life, repent of your sins to Jesus. You you could literally live among us and never, never bow your knee to Christ, so but Salvation only comes through Jesus, not church membership, not church attendance. Hopefully that's clear. And so if you're if you're not sure, then I would begin to ask the Lord to make it clear to you. Are you someone who just loves the culture of Christianity? And that's a beautiful culture, isn't it? We don't typically we're not liars, we treat each other with kindness. We, hug each other, we care for one another, but that alone will not save you. You need Jesus. And that's what we want to make a proclamation today here at our church. We need Jesus, but he's there for you. He's there for you and embrace you. Paul's making, again, the point, salvation does not come through circumcision. It comes through Jesus. Religious activities in themselves are not the conduit of the Holy Spirit. Unless our faith is in Christ, then if our faith is in Christ, that undergirds or girds up the religious activities that we do. We cannot do it without Jesus. Sadly, there are a lot of churches that have a Christian name on the sign, and they do a lot of good works, but never mention about the need of Jesus. We need Jesus so, how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? He speaks through us through His Word, like we're doing now. Uh, we listen. The Bible talks about listening, but we're listening to the Holy Spirit, guided by His Word and His Spirit. It says in verse 3 Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you suffered so much in vain if it really was in vain? It's interesting that he talks about suffering. So far, we have the cross. We can't come to Christ. We can't find salvation without Christ. And part of that is hearing by faith. And by doing that, it's like God uses that conduit, that road to get us in sync with salvation and his Holy Spirit. A lot of times, uh, and I'll share this analogy, uh, we have people over our house from time to time. I know Rhea hosted the internationals at, and Dave hosted the internationals at your house uh, the other day. Um, and I imagine you do what we do, which is this. You frantically try to clean the house, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and when I say we clean the house, I really mean Robin cleans the house, okay, so... I, just, I don't want to take credit where credit is due. Clean the house. Well, typically, we sweep, we dust, we mop. When I say we, I mean Robin. Uh, vacuum, or reorganize the living room, clean the fridge, uh, and then your guests arrive. Raise your hands if you do that when you have guests coming over. Yes, we all do that, right? Uh, let me encourage you, if you've never had someone t- over your house, Open your house to, to someone. Paul is going to introduce something. As, uh, have you suffered so much? In other words, the church has suffered. But it will become in vain if they try to go around Jesus and come up with this other way through circumcision. And so we talked about suffering this morning in in our transition from worship, the song is about suffering, and I'd like for our band to come up in a minute. The church had experienced various challenges and hardships because of their faith in Jesus. And they also recall that God was not hindered by their suffering. In other words, God was with them during their suffering. He doesn't leave when his people are suffering. He joins us. He is a a God who understands suffering. And in our suffering, Jesus is there. He's there. Whether we recognize it or not, that's a different story. But he's there with us. And Paul is saying, listen, don't let your suffering Be in vain and eliminate faith in Christ. As a matter of fact, we could see story after story in scripture, and hopefully in your own life, even in the circumstances of suffering, the Holy Spirit moved with great power. So the Holy Spirit doesn't just show up when the house is cleaned like what we do, all right? He will, he'll show up when we're not perfect, but we recognize we need him. Lord, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm a mess. My spiritual house is a mess. Have you ever met someone who has suffered a lot, but they have a beautiful spiritual disposition? Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We had someone in our church that was bound to a wheelchair. Patrick Poland. You remember Patrick? Some of you. He was in a wheelchair And uh, he used to bring his wheelchair, his motorized wheelchair right here. And I noticed that because he's sitting right there and even closer than where you are, Joel, that he had to turn his head really hard and it was hard for him to turn his head. And so I thought, let's take half of that pew out right where Daniel's at and let's make him a spot for him right there. If you ever spent any time with uh, Peyton... Uh, you would know Patrick Pullen. Is, 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 I'm getting my names all mixed up. Uh, he would have the joy of the Lord, and uh, he would, he still does. If you can follow him on Instagram, he's he's encouraging. He loves Jesus. Uh, he was part of the football team. Coach Jimbo Fisher would let him go on the t- uh, in, practice and and give these you know these pep talks. Filled with joy in spite of his circumstances. And the Galatian church is missing that. So Peyton moved away and left a gap. Not only physically left a gap, but spiritually he left us a gap. Because we could could learn so much from him. I learned a lot from him. Have you ever heard of this lady named Catherine Wolfe? We're going to show a little video clip of her, but before we do, I want to read a little bit because it's so. I, the video clip is two minutes long, and so you're not going to get her whole story. And it's for um, a non-Christian women's magazine, so um, she's coded her words. But if you watch her, you can find her on any YouTube. Uh, she is a, uh, has a powerful testimony of the goodness of God, and. Uh, so what happened? She had a stroke. Uh, uh, she let me say uh, she's a survivor. Uh, she's originally from the south and uh, moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in law. And then out of the blue, she had a stroke. Her whole life was turned upside down. Have you suffered in so much, so much in vain, and it becomes vain? When we lose focus on Jesus. And the church was suffering and they lost focus on Jesus. Now, if you heard a testimony, you could recognize that it could be easy to lose focus when you're suffering. I'm not saying it's not easy, but we've all suffered. I think Eric said that we've all have some sort of suffering in our lives. And the, Paul is admonishing the church. And by doing so, he's challenging us to keep our eyes on Jesus, that salvation only comes through him. And then as, as Romans says, 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm adding this part, even in our suffering. So if your house is messed up, maybe you're being, you're suffering, and I don't know know, what that might be, and I don't need to know, but the Lord knows, and he's there with you. But it's through Jesus, through Jesus. Not religious activities, not bypassing the cross. It only comes through Jesus. So this morning, I I challenge us, hear what the Spirit is saying. Ask God to fill you again to refocus you again, to get you back in sync with him. Even and especially when we're suffering, Jesus is with us. All of us have stories of God, of suffering. But what makes it beautiful when I talk to uh, families in our church and hear their stories, it's that Jesus has always been there with them. And they focus on that. And it helps, helps them go through it. This lady will be like that probably the rest of her life. But you can hear the joy that she has. That comes through Jesus. Amen. Hey, we're not going to do the music, Bryce, but let's just go ahead and pray. And you can say, let's bow our heads. Pastor Mario, you're going to say, Pastor Mario, uh, I need prayer. You don't even tell me why, but you, just, you need prayer. Right now, maybe an encouraging word. Yes, amen. Healing touch, yes, yes. Let's just pause for a moment. Lord, help us this morning. Help me. Help me, Father. Help us. Help us as a church. Lord, when one part of the body suffers, Lord, we all suffer. Lord, help us to always keep our eyes on you, not to lose focus on you, and that, Lord, that you understand suffering yourself, and, Lord, you are there with us. Lord, even in the days... In moments and times when we're in the valley, you are there with us. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, you are with us. Lord, help us to not lose focus. Help us to not get sidetracked. Help us, Lord, to always keep our eyes on you. And Lord, we know that Salvation only comes through Jesus. Help us to never circumvent that by some other means. Lord, help us today as a church. We love you, Father. And Lord, help us as a church to, as I shared two weeks ago, last week, I don't remember. uh, If we don't need a rock to slay John, help us to be a rock for someone to slay a giant. Maybe of discouragement loss of focus. Lord, help us to always come back to you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.